Hi, Jerome here. Welcome to another podcast episode. It's a series in which I have a chat to interesting people that do interesting things. So let me introduce you to my guest. Joe Haywood works full-time as a communications officer. Uh, she's a mum, a wife, and lives with her family in Stoke-on-Trent. But significantly, she's also an author. Her second book, Nave, is out now. And she's actually joined me on a Zoom call during her lunch break at work to tell us more about it. Welcome to the podcast, Jo. Thank you. Sorry, it's very nice to be here. And this is actually my first podcast as well. I've never done one before, so this is completely new. Oh, we'll be kind to you. I won't ask you too many difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background. Um, so I've been writing for as long as I can remember now. Um, I first started on the back of I had a, a very, very inexperienced supply teacher in English in year nine who clearly did not have a clue what to do with a group of year nine kids and just went, oh, write a story. And I couldn't stop thinking about these characters that I'd written. So I went home and sort of carried on writing and carried on scribbling. And it's just stayed with me ever since. That was and and then sort of translated to full story writing maybe about 15 20 years ago that I just really enjoyed it so it was just whenever I got the chance to do some writing I did some writing and I tinkered away on a story for about 10 years and then kind of didn't do anything with it because I had a family so I had young children and you know as every working parent will attest you, you just your life is not your own at all when you know the children are young and you're trying to work and you're trying to manage everything and it, and it is it's really really hard to make time for yourself let alone a hobby that really does take some work as well. Then we got to sort of 2020 and COVID hit and I um, have a very unusual hobby and I collect chronic illnesses. Stamp take, you know, stamp collecting was taken. Blimey. So I uh, have a, a variety of chronic illnesses that mean that I was in the shielding category for the first lockdown. So I, was, I had the children full time. My husband was still working because he was a key worker. So I'd got the children full time. Education wasn't really sorted out at that point. But I was still trying to do st educational stuff with the kids, even if it was, you know, an afternoon with David Attenborough kind of thing. Still classed as educational in my book. So I took it. <laughs> um, but I thought if I don't do something for me, I'm going to go stir crazy. This is really tense and really intense situation. And I started tinkering with the book that I'd written again, which was called Chased. And I got to the point that I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to finally put the lid on this and say I'm going to release it as a book. I'm going to do something for me. And if nothing else comes from lockdown, the first lockdown, it will be that I released and published a book. So I did. I, I did everything myself. So I'm completely independent. I'm not I don't have a publishing house and I don't have an agent at the moment. I say at the moment because that would be lovely at some point in the future. But I, I released Chased sort of all on my own. And at the time, my job was I was the manager of Stoke Indoor Market. And the, the traders, bless them, got together with my manager at the time, bless her as well, and organised a book launch and a, a book signing. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't have I certainly wouldn't have pushed that forward there because I work there and it might have seemed a bit weird or a bit like I was taking liberties and, you know, kind of using the job to further myself which isn't not right at all but certainly isn't anything that I would do isn't that's not me and it went so people who weren't my mum and my nana said how much <laughs> they enjoyed it and it got really great reviews on Amazon um I had 
a Zoom call with a woman who was just fangirling and saying it was one of the best film, best books that she'd ever read. And it was just amazing given, you know, it was never supposed to be sort of, you know, a bestseller. It was never intended to be anything like that. It was a bit of a vanity slash keep Joe sane project. <laughs> but then after that, people started going, when's the next one coming out? Are you hurrying up? When's the next? What, what are you doing? So I thought, well, I better get my skates on and, and write another one. And that's where Nave comes into it. And yeah. Nave picks up sort of a good two or three minutes after the end of Chased. So well, it is. Let's, a- let's, let's just sort of backtrack a little bit then. I want to find <laughs> out just that little bit more really about uh, what, what inspires your writing. Are you calling on life experiences? Um, is, the, is the novel set in Stoke-on-Trent, North Staffordshire? The novel is set in a place called Heart Lane, which is effectively Stoke-on-Trent. Um, it fits within normal, so within Staffordshire, and I referenced Staffordshire and Derbyshire, but I didn't want to, at the time, when I first started writing it, it was a straight crime book, um, a straight sort of detective fiction. And I know that there are other local um, authors, Mel Sherritt in particular, who has um, a detective series set in Stoke-on-Trent, and hers is hard and fast Stoke-on-Trent. And I thought, I don't want to be accused of copying and really my you know Mel's writing is amazing but we're not the same at all so I I didn't want there to be sort of any confusion which is why I kind of invented Heart Lane. In terms of how true it is to life it does go off in a little bit of a uh, supernatural otherworldly um, direction so there's there's that which you know depending on, on your beliefs is or isn't true to life but I do like the idea of sort of taking something that's true to life or true to my life and sort of moving it around and and making it. So, as I say, Chase came from a question that was asked or, or sort of, you know, a point that was thrown at me during an argument. And it just grew and grew in my head when I've sort of done all the writing. Again, it, it, I like I like the idea of a what if if, you know, I'm I'm thinking about stories and thinking about writing. It will be a what if or the people that we meet along the way that shape journeys and that shape that change our lives. And that's that's where that's where the, the sort of immediate spark came from. And the mm. other part of it is that I love horror. I love the supernatural. I love things like that. So that's why I sort of I like the idea of being able to write your own rules a little bit is when you're writing a sort of, you know, a, a, a series set in the FBI or set in you know, the Met Police, it's got to be essentially a little bit true to life. You've got to be able to 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 say that you used facts and figures or you used, you know, people's specific ranks and, and the way yeah. that organisations work with each other. But when it comes to sort of the otherworldly, the supernatural science fiction, fantasy and things like that, there's a little bit more, I think, artistic licence that you can play around with things and say, well, you know, and, and I'm not giving away anything here I'm using as an example, but you can say, you know, my vampires do this thing that your vampires didn't do, but it's all right because they're my vampires and they can sparkle or turn into bats or whatever that sort of looks like. So I, I kind of like that. So that's where the, the meld came in of, of, do you know what, I want to play around with this. So, which is why, again, Heart Lane rather than Stoke-on-Trent. So tell us about your your main character, Zoe Tatton. Is, is Zoe like you in any particular way? I think she is a tr- what one of the things that I wanted to do um is is make her happy was was like a big thing for me is a lot of detective novels um especially the sort of the more gritty ones 
tend to show their heroes or heroines as having these disastrous personal lives and they're reliant on alcohol or other substances and everything's a mess and they don't see the children and they've got divorced and what have you. And, and I understand how that's, you know, true to life because being in the police is all consuming and there are relationships, break, relationships do break down sort of, I wouldn't say easily, but, you know, there is certainly, a, it puts a toll on your personal life. But one of the things that was really important to me for Zoe, and maybe it's because, you know, I, I fell in love with her as a character, was I wanted her to be happy. So Zoe is in her 30s. She's married to Jack, who is a um, the pathologist who works within her organisation. And they've got a sort of shared best friend who is Zoe's superior, who's called Jason Dale. And Jason is my favourite character to write. He's a bit of a rebel and he says the things that I wish I could say. So in a meeting, Jason will go, fuck this for a game of soldiers. I don't want to do this. Like we all wish that we could, but can't. So I, I do like having a play with the things that Jason says and, and sort of make him, he says the things that I wish I could say, essentially. But as I say, the, the biggest thing for me was that Zoe was happy. She was supported. She was, you know, stronger for her, for her relationship and for the people that she had around her. So that was the, the sort of biggest thing and and. A lot of that is true to life because I'm happy and I think, you know, it, it's important to be happy and it's important to be satisfied with what you've got. So a lot of the time I do when I'm writing sort of the dialogue between Zoe and Jack, I do find myself as saying, that's what my husband says to me. And it just pours out. So, so does they, your, they does your husband recognise himself in these novels then? Yes. Yeah. He does. And it's probably one of the, the reasons that I don't write intimate scenes either within the characters, because to me, that's just it's a bit cringe writing those anyway. But then I think, oh, what am I spilling out to the public here? This isn't on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they again, unlike me, they haven't got any children. Um, it's not something I've sort of completely put the idea away of of them having children at some point in the future of the writing. But for now, they've got a big ginger cat called Merlin and Merlin was based on my cat who used it so Merlin lies on Zoe's hips when she's asleep and that's my cat with she's got no boundary issues at all so I do find myself sort of pulling on on real life and inserting sort of banter between the characters is sort of the banter is very similar to to my relationships with my friends and colleagues and things like that. So before uh, I ask you to read the extract that you've chosen for us, um, you say, Nave, the action in Nave starts about three minutes after the action in Chased finishes. It, it does. It's, it's it, literally, is, sorry. I was going to say, does the book also stand alone? Do people have to have read Chased in order to come onto Nave? I would say so. I would say that it's best to read it as a series. I do sort of do a bit of a bit of a going over what happened in Chase at the beginnings of Chase up as well. Um, but there is certainly, I, I think it's one of those things of you know you wouldn't go into the third Star Wars film having never seen the other two because you'd be sort of wondering what's that, who's that, and you know what's going on there. I would say read Chase first. Um, Chased is still on Amazon. There are still hard copies available as well. So um, I've posted links on my Facebook page of where where you can find all of the books. And I will be taking Chased with me when I do the book launch as well for people mm -hmm. who haven't haven't read it and haven't discovered my my writing yet. We don't need to. Well, you don't need to answer it in any great detail, but um, you've actually got a third book in the series already planned. Why write in three installments? Why not just write a, a longer novel all as one? 
to be honest, when I got to 120,000 words in, in Chased and I'd kind of backed off the story there, uh, that it, it could have, you know, had it tanked or, or people gone, oh, not so good. I could have ended it there quite easily or, you know, it, it, it would have it could have ended. But I love these characters. I just want to carry on writing them. And the story that's in my head that's probably spanning going to span about four or five books feels like a complete story, but in chapters. So Chased was definitely chapter one. Nave is definitely chapter two and sort of expands. It's such a cliche to say expands the universe. It makes me sound like I'm in the MCU, but it, it does kind of expand on on what was out, what was opened there and and how it started. And I hope that people will sort of follow that, follow the story and enjoy where I'm taking these characters. Okay, let's, um, well, give us, give us a flavour of, of Nave. You've chosen an extract for us. This is actually, I'm saying Nave, but this is the first, this is the prologue of Chaste that I'm going to read out. So hopefully this is a good introduction into the style of writing that I do. And I hope that people enjoy it and are sort of, you know, excited by it and want to sort of come and see what else I do. So this is the prologue of Chaste. He looked around him, taking in the sight with a heavy sigh. He'd always hated that room. It served its purpose perfectly, but it didn't make him like it anymore. In fact, his hatred of it was exactly the reason it had been chosen. Even before the events of the last few hours, the walls had been grey and dank. Now they were flecked with the remnants of her struggle, her blood and sweat, her disgusting lack of control. He could smell her fear and it sickened him. Well, he waved a casual arm around the room. What do you think? It's just so drab, isn't it? I think about a nice bit of colour might liven it up. You? The girl sitting in front of him shook her head violently. No, he shrugged his shoulders. It's to their own, I suppose, although you're a whore with a very unfocused mind, so what does your opinion matter? A tear snaked its way down her cheek and she shivered as it connected with the fresh cuts. She shook her head again. What's that now? Are you ready to talk? He crouched in the space in front of her, pulling roughly at her face until the tape covering her mouth came away in his hands. So speak, he snarled. I'm not a whore, she bit out. I beg to differ, he sneered. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. You are dressed like a whore. You act like a whore. Ergo, you are a whore. You don't know me. He grinned, a nasty grin that made his handsome face all the more menacing. I know all about you, Miss Alison Jessup. I know everything. I've seen what you do, how you act and how you hurt people. You are here because I know exactly who and what you are. You are here because you deserve to be. Alison shook her head in defiance. You're wrong. She gritted his teeth, facing his stare with her own, fighting the rice and hysteria she could feel building. You don't know anything about me. You're wrong. No, I'm not. And you know that, don't you? When defiance didn't work, she tried a different tactic. Please let me go, she whispered. I can't. She shook, he shook his head. I won't tell anyone. You're a liar, she, he laughed. Although I do like your spirit, but you're a liar. Of course you'll tell someone. I won't, she whimpered. You will. I would. Anyone would. Besides, he shrugged, you will never get the chance. He walked away from her, crossing to the other side of the room and inspecting the table he painstakingly laid his tools out on. Now, he turned and smiled. Let's do something with that pretty face of yours. Blimey. There we go. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> I'm glad you described yourself as a happy person, Joe. I am. I am, <laughs> honestly. And Zoe's happy. That, that particular man is not happy at all, but I am. 
So um, you've got a, an event coming up very, very soon. Tell us about that event where people can come and see I have. You. So um, I'm a massive champion of all things independent, um, indie author, and I love independent shops and markets and bookstores. And as the, uh, the manager of Stoke Market, I was really, really fortunate to welcome one of the oldest books, uh, independent booksellers in Stoke-on-Trent, which is Norma's Books. Now, up until a few years ago, Norma was at the very front of Hanley Market and was basically the the patron saint of the market. She'd been there for as long as I could remember, and she's just lovely. She knows everything about books. She's welcomed some really, really big authors for book signings, including Martina Cowell. And when I released Chased, I I sort of sat outside Norma's and signed copies, and Norma bought me some champagne. We had a glass together. And Norma is fabulous. So with Nave coming up, I wanted to do exactly the same. And it was really important to me to sort of do this on my terms and, and go where my friends are as well. I was at the market for four years and it almost broke me to leave there. But, you know, things have to move on as well. So I asked Norma if it would be OK. And Norma said that she would love to do another book launch. So we are launching Nave on Saturday the 1st of April, there is a very specific reason why I'm releasing the book on April Fool's Day and it's contained in the plot. It's not just a, you know, hopefully the book is a joke or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, From 10 till 12, I'll be there. I'll be signing copies of Knave and Chased. I will have some lovely things to give away as well on the day. I've got little uh, goodie bags for people who want to buy that, people who want to chat. I would love it if people wanted to come down and, and have a chat to an indie author and take in, you know, everything else that goes on in the market because there are some amazing traders in there. There's fantastic butchers, deli counters, pretty much everything you can think of, pet stalls and Norma's boxes. As I say, if Norma doesn't know it, it's not worth knowing. And she's got some fantastic stories and she makes excellent recommendations as well. So if you if you tell her two or three authors that you like, she will give you something that you will love. Um, I've seen her do it time and time again, and there's a reason people come back to it. So that's this coming Saturday, the 1st of April, from 10 till 12, Stoke Indoor Market. And if people can't make that event, how else can they get in touch with you? Where where can they find you online? Okay, so both Nave and Chased are available as e-books and um, hard copies from Amazon. If you just search Joe Haywood, um, Haywood is spelt like the Haywood Hospital, um, and Joe is just J-O. You can search for me on there. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram as well. And I've got a website, which is joehaywoodbooks.co.uk. I can post copies of, of Nave and of Chased out to people via that. So there's a there's a space on the website to buy the books. And I um, there's a space for messaging as well. So if you wanted a signed copy um, and you lived elsewhere in the country or elsewhere in the world, I would be very, very happy to get that posted out to you. Okay, I will make sure that those links get in the show notes. So if you're listening in and you didn't manage to scribble those down, just go to the show notes or the page on North Staffs News and the links will be live there for you. Great chatting, Joe. Thanks very much. And you too. Thank you.